folks, and welcome to the Bean Pod, where we assume the listeners are smart enough to not require a mission statement drilled into their heads at the beginning of every episode in the same inflection each and every week. I'm Beans, and I'm Beans. <laughs> and today, boy, have we got an exciting episode for you. Sense and Theory are here. Can we give them a round of applause? A little later, Susan from the San Diego Zoo will stop by to introduce us to her animal friends. And I don't want to spoil the surprise, but there may be a special performance from a mystery musical guest. But first things first, welcome to the inaugural episode of The Bean Pod. I want to take a moment to thank all of you who voted for me as the new host of this show and made this possible. Heard a lot of stories of alleged voter suppression from the polling places, which was especially odd for this election considering Sense and Theory went full Brian Kemp and didn't announce the date or polling locations for the vote. <laughs> Ultimately, though, Buddy Nation stood as one and helped the Mean Beans machine eke out a win by a mere 150,000 votes. <laughs> We haven't even counted Broward County yet. Give yourselves a round of applause. Now, uh, let's see what's been going on this week. Uh, oh, the wildfires. Yeah, out in California. You seen this? Raging Inferno blazing out of control in the state. Lots of folks losing their homes. Just awful. President Trump the other day blamed poor forestry management for the fires. Can you believe this guy? Cuts their funding, then blames them? Maybe moot, though. Turns out in a new report released today, authorities may have traced the fires to their origin. Camper, it seems, without taking the necessary precautions, played one episode of Sense and Theory's trash fire of a show at their campsite. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, the president came under fire this week for failing to attend ceremonies commemorating the 100th anniversary of the World War I armistice. The White House explained that the president was unable to attend because the rainy weather in France would make it too dangerous for a helicopter flight. Fairness to the president, however, this would not be the first time he failed to rise to the occasion in stormy conditions. Huh? Huh? Stormy conditions? Thank you, thank you. All right, simmer down out there. Okay, we got a great show for you folks tonight. Never let it be said that I'm not a humble man. Gracious in victory. Tonight, as the inaugural guest on the Bean Pod, we've got none other than Sense and Theory. Come on out, guys. Come on out on my own show. This is ludicrous. Hey, We've been hey, sitting in the it's kitchen not your show anymore. for 20 minutes. The, the people Absolutely have ridiculous. The people still have spoken here. my ass. You cut it to make it sound like I said I was a pedophile. Yeah, hey, dude. Hey, hey, you said it, not me. Uh, I'm, hey, no, he didn't say it. I That's was the taking point. out of Edited context. Editing clips out of context? That's ridiculous. Hey, like, I, like I'm a fan of dog hey, kicking. We're in a post-reality era, okay? All right, uh, moving on from your oh, petty sweet. grievances. So uh, let's see. Did, did you guys just stop doing in-depth outlines for each episode because you knew I'd rip it apart, or are your fans just not worth it? In-depth outlines? How did he know we weren't doing in-depth outlines? It's obvious. Let's, 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 just, let's just get through this, this interview, man. Look, uh, yeah, so we ease back uh, you know, on the outlines. Uh, it was basically, it was just getting to be too much work, man. So we kind of, and you know, to tell you the truth, 
I've liked the last few episodes because they're very conversational. conversational. And uh, we haven't had to try to remember the facts and put them all together in the right order and (laughs) stuff. It's been nice. I I feel like I've been able to get a little more broader level and philosophical about things. That's kind of cool and fun. Which, in fairness, you know, as evidenced by the fact that you even exist, Beanzo, nailing all the facts was not always our forte. (laughs) Uh, No, I thought we did a pretty good job. So I think, you know, going forward... Um, you know, we were talking about taking this little break and stuff and coming back in the new year. I think we're going to find a, a little bit better mix. We might've got a little loose. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, and no. I think we can go back to uh heavy research if we're doing an episode every two weeks, you yeah. know, 16 so, hours of research in a week is tough. So basically y'all are just lazy then? It, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much okay, what it comes down to. That's pretty much it. All right. Yeah. Well, Thanks. Thanks, yeah, Beans. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. let, let's go ahead and move on on that. Yeah, why don't we, Beans? Well wrapped why up. don't we? Your vulgar language has been brought to your attention before, and yet you seem to ignore the criticisms. So are you guys just uncultured swine? Why, why are we here? Did your mothers know. not teach you any better? Were you raised in a barn? Or, or does uncouth just run in your veins? So I think what you He's you're, got a good point. I usually do. I think what you're trying to ask, and your prickishness is just getting in the way is uh we we keep saying that we're not going to curse on the show and yet we we kept cursing on the show it's so. hard not to curse when we're talking about uh the the state of the union yeah and especially like try doing my segment into it. yeah oh, oh golly they're just uh, non-stop but no it, it, it was hard and and the thing is is like I, we would think about it and then we'd be in the show and then like one of us would do it and like the dam would break and then, and yeah. then we both start doing it. You know? And I don't know about y'all, so, but I cuss like a sailor. I cuss yeah. around my kids. I cuss around my mom. I cuss around my grandma. Like yeah, I'm that guy. Actually, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Beans. I do, in fact, talk like uncultured swine <laughs> in everyday life. So okay, it's been really hard. Sure. Hopefully the, you know, the children out there, uh, who are listening to the sense and theory podcast every week are not, uh, you know, are not getting the wrong impression. We're Kids, poor role don't, models. Don't talk like us. There you go. <laughs> Unless your parents say it's okay. Of course, you know. <laughs> which they check, probably check with your parents first <laughs> before engaging in any cussing activities. Yeah. Let's go ahead and keep it moving here. Um, here's a question that I'm sure is on all the listeners minds. Have you no shame? I, no shame. <laughs> Simple question. I, yes okay. or no? I have nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. What? What would be? What would we be ashamed of, Beans? I mean, I'd be ashamed if I made the show y'all make. Okay. Ouch. All right. Next. Uh, I'm next trying question. not to be a sore yeah. loser here, but is Jesus. this really necessary? This guy, man. See. Uh, here we go. Uh, when When you were young, did you dream about growing up to be low key Trump apologist? Lo- lo- That's Trump. That was that was below the belt, bro. That's messed up because it illustrates, like a, a illustrates a point, though, because really you can't you can't accept anything about Trump without being labeled as a Trump apologist. No, so I gotta, screw you for that one, Beans. No, and that's the thing, too, is like it does. It, it at times it feels like I'm a low key Trump. Apologist. Trump could you save a mean? thousand puppies. And you if I go, thank me. God those puppies were saved. All of a yeah. sudden I'm a Trump apologist, man. Yeah, yeah. I got to say fake news. Fake news was was a leftist thing before it was a Trump thing, and yeah. now everyone's saying there's no such thing, even though people are outside Tucker Carlson's house <laughs> protesting his brand of fake news. So Trump apology besides, screw that and screw you. <laughs> so uh, you're flatly denying being Trump apologist flatly. and all news is fake. Okay, uh, <laughs> moving on. Okay, well, that was fun. And, you know, as much as I know the audience would like to see me riff on these guys all day long, you know, I think we need to get serious here for a minute because 
you know, there's a, several topics on y'all's show that I really would have liked to have seen discussed that I really didn't, you know, hear anything about. Yeah. No, I know. I know in particular, like you're, you have strong opinions on religion and that's something that almost invariably every week when we get together in some way or another, we end up talking religion with Benzo out on the porch. And it's, it's a really weird dynamic. Cause it's like, there, there, there are outlooks on religion that we all share, but then there are outlooks that we all, uh, you know, strenuously defend that, that conflict with one another with, you know, almost like between the three of us, like, you know, I differ from you, you differ from yeah, sense absolutely. and sense differs from me. Well, and-, and one of the hard things that, you know, I have a hard time with is navigating my positions on things with my own bias in mind, like being yeah. conscious well, of my own bias. I feel like I've I'm, had to I'm point out your, your, your bias religion. on religion, you know, quite a few times, especially when and it, I agree with you when as, you pointed out, yeah, especially <laughs> when it butts up against uh, your values for like freedom and liberty, right? Yeah. Because there, there, there's a there's a really odd, large gray line there between you know freedom of religion, freedom uh, uh, from religion. Yeah. <laughs> you know those two things are very different. Um, but I think you have to you have to look at them and you have to decide. Well, you know, for for example, you take the Kentucky Religious Freedom Bill. You were vehemently opposed to it, and and I was like, well. You know, everyone has the right to their religion, and and if they're if they're creating a class in school about religion, like that's okay. It's part of history, mm-hmm. um, and plus the law is worded such that uh, Quran classes would be okay, you know, and whatnot. But then you look at what happened. Yeah, because if you remember, I actually read the bill as well. Because most people comment on this stuff because they saw, a, you know, headline on Facebook yeah, and they're like, "This is my position now." You know. I'd read the legislation. You'd read the legislation. We had an informed discussion about it. And I agreed with you that the wording in the legislation was great. Right. It made it sound like this would open the doors of freedom for each and all's religion for <laughs> the rest of eternity. You know, but and, theoretical versus practice sometimes. Yeah, and which was what my argument. Six yeah. months later, you know, Kentucky legislature turned around and, and passed some biblical biblical class, you know, and 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 mandated that schools offer this, yep. this Bible it's, literacy It's, it's class. an elective. You, yeah. You're not forced to take it, but you can, and tax you know, dollars are going to fund you know, some component of it since it takes so, place and, and in I public have to schools. Say, I, right. I, I owe this to you. I got to eat crow there, man, because... Uh, where's you know, the Quran class? <laughs> where's the Quran <laughs> class? You know, where is the, the world religion class? It's, it's not there. They use that bill um, to, to... To push their Christian to agenda forward. To push their forward. Christian agenda forward. Well, to tell you the truth, though, it means like I think what happens, at least when you and I disagree about religion, is that you call up a, a, a knee jerk reaction in me that's un, you know that's unfair. But um, I feel like, in many respects, that there is a strain of atheism, and I don't know. I mean, do you like consider yourself like a full blown atheist or? Um, I would put myself somewhere between atheist and agnostic. My, here, here's right. here's my take on religion summed up fairly succinctly Mm. like for me you know as vast as the universe is as many billions of stars and billions upon billions of planets and moons and you know those are just holes that god's poked with a needle to let his light shine (laughs) well let let, let me finish here all right so like out of all that we're one planet alternative facts orbiting orbiting one star and the idea that anyone that's existed on this one planet, the only one that we've been able to travel to, you know, and set 
you know, our species on the only one, you know, that someone that lived on this planet before they even understood what the sun was, was contacted by a divine being that had put us all here and had a grand plan for us. And just really the idea that anyone 3000 years ago had any clue what the grand scheme of the universe is, is just ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. I get that. And I get, maybe I should sum up my, my religious views as well. I am not, I'm not an atheist. I'm not an agnostic. I'm not a Christian. Um, I think if you look around the world as us on this one planet alone out in this vast, you know, billions of everything, uh, I think to assume that there is no creative power or creative force uh, in the universe is is short-sighted. I think especially when you look at the way things work together. And, you know, sure, maybe these things just happen, but, you know, you got to look at Fermi's paradox and ask yourself, in this vastness, if if humans and if life uh, flourishes and, you know, evolution happens, then where the hell is the rest of it? Why no. yeah, are and, we that one blip that, here? That's where the agnostic in me comes into play. Because... You know, we don't know. We really don't. We could yeah. really all just be uh experiment in some, you know, super intelligent beings. Well, it could be a simulation, dish. you know, yeah. or it could yeah. be a simulation or any number well, of things. There's really no way to prove it. So what I was getting at by asking you that is I think that there is a strain of atheism that that goes uh, too far and gets, and you know, here you mean militant atheism. Here's, here's me being a centrist, but no, I don't think it's necessary, necessarily militant atheism anymore. And I think it's calmed down a little bit, but, but like four or five years ago, um, I think there was a strain of atheism that is just as ridiculous as, you know, we, we joke around today about, uh, conservatives saying, you know, we got to own the libs. And it's like this mentality of we got to own the Christians. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? And it's, and, and it's, it's become as, uh, uh, what, what should I say, as persecutory as what we commonly associate with the religious right. And, and, it, and, it, and I understand, like, that's the thing is like, I can walk down, I, man, I think between the three of us, I had the strongest religious upbringing, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, I had a Pentecostal church and all that stuff. Man, I got serious issues with the church, man. <laughs> uh, we can talk about hypocrisy, money being misused, people being misled, uh, you know, pedophilia, killing in the name of God, pedophilia, and stuff like that. And I have all those concerns, but at the same time, like, um, I think it's it's very similar to you know what we often talk about with like Daryl Davis and Diacon and stuff. Um, the people in the church have been humanized to me, and I think that there is a strain of atheism that doesn't see Christians as humans anymore. Right. And, and you know what well, I mean? And I think, I think beyond that, there's definitely a strain of atheism that's a little authoritarian as well yeah. that wants to curtail freedom of religion because they think it's so stupid. It'd be a, and, it'd be a right. Marxist and view and on there's religion. Plenty, there's plenty of reason to believe that religion is, is stupid. You know, I mean, look yeah. at flat earth creationists and stuff. And right. I'm sorry for calling anyone stupid, but you're, you're kind of dumb, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so I get it. But at the same time, there's this, there's this part of me that strongly believes that people should be allowed to be dumb. Yeah. You know, like, I, who am I to say? And, and there's this other part of me that's like, well, they could be right. Yeah. You know, I guess, given an all-powerful God, he could create a world that looked like it was all these other things, but really it was created 2,000 years ago. And that's dumb of me to, to give that, you know, yeah. to give that to someone. But I, but I got to give it to him. I got to give it to the, 
the Muslims and right. say like, maybe, maybe you guys are right. And that's again, you get one life, right? That's all we get. So if you're See, gambling on, on whether you've got the right God, like I got to give you the gamble, go ahead and roll the dice, man. Like, well, and here's where, here's, here's where religion you. comes into play with that because you know, to an atheist or an agnostic, you know, the general idea is that when you die, you're gone. You just cease to exist, you know, now to an Islamist or a Christian or uh, a Jewish person or any of the other faiths, you get to continue existing after you die, mm. which, which is the number one most appealing thing. Cause you know, face it, the idea that you don't exist anymore in any capacity once you, you die oh, yeah, is the, very scary. That's the large yeah. looming enemy for us yeah. all. Well, know? that's why, yeah. you know, people people talk about, like, returning to the earth and being in the, the natural cycle and all that stuff. So there's even atheists who, like, need that to help cope I, I with death. I think there are probably you know atheists I mean? out there who believe somehow in reincarnation. I don't yeah. think that's yeah. too ludicrous. You know? yeah. They go, oh, well, the energy coalesces. And, yeah. well, you know, blah, blah, blah. If nothing else, I'm sure there's plenty of atheists that really hope there's reincarnation. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Hope no, I'm wrong think, about this one. <laughs> so, know? like, I, I see your I see your point because, you know, whereas we said where I, I was saying that I think it, it, it I'm not going to say there's a war on Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not going to go that is, far. Though. I there's, mean, there kind of well, is. There's not and, in the Fox News sense. You Let's can't put it call that way. It a war, but like, there is a growing segment of of a once majority Christian population that's breaking rank with that, and they're mad yeah. at it, and they're yeah. mad because of the things it's done. I mean, you can't look at I, anyone but who supports Catholicism now that's is the just key, totally though. lost. That's their the mind. key, and I understand that though. Like, you, it, it comes up in other things, like. I get why they're upset because, you know, Christianity has been dominant for so long. It's done so many awful things and stuff, but it's, it's one of those things that we always talk about. Now that you're correcting the, the opposite isn't to stamp it out. The opposite is to put it in a reasonable place. You well, know what yeah, I'm saying? For, for me, it's like thinking like a scientist. Why not let Christmas evolve? It's been evolving since it started. Oh, Christmas sure. we since, celebrate since today is completely different than sacrificing animals <laughs> yeah. for Christmas, which is what it started out as. Right. You know, oh, what was it? Saturnaria was the original pagan holiday yeah, that Christmas pagan. is based off of. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one of the tools that religion used back in the old conquest days was to absorb all the other religions oh, sure. of the places they, that they conquered. You know why uh, Egyptian, you know, religion had so many gods? Well, there's a lot of different tribes in Africa. And as they move through, there's a lot of different gods, a lot of these different tribes worship. So if they say, you know, I worship Mulak and he's the, the bearer of the sun, then you turn around and you say, no, see, that's a God. He's in our you, book. But he's... his name is Ra. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and he fits in this bigger, larger thing. And just, just let me show you. Well, it's great. So, so I think you that's know? fine to say like, yeah, yeah. Religion evolves and, and let it evolve. But at the same time, like, it's not your religion to evolve, right? That's up to the people who belong to that religion to evolve that religion. And how do you how do you encourage them to do that? I don't know. I mean, you look at the Catholic Church with the pedophilia scandals, they're not evolving at all. I think they just came out and said, like, uh, I don't remember the name, some fucking fancy term for uh, not giving a shit at the highest level. Well, they, said, they just released said they the don't care about the pedophilia. Like they won't let arch, they won't let bishops control. Uh, there are, I don't know, well, man, they, but, they, they, but they're not changing. That's my point. And, and I think if, if people are, 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 you know, violently angry, we know that people don't change. They, they lock into this mode where like you can't change now that you've been attacked. So I think there is 
there's a group of people who are attacking Christians and attacking Christmas, and it turns those people off of change. It turns Christians off of change. And I don't know how you do both, you know, because I, I think I think Catholicism needs to change desperately. I'd love to see Christianity change into a religion that looked more like, you know, what I read in the Bible, um, you know, which yeah. is like love and peace and acceptance and, and so, brotherhood and whatnot. I'd love to see it change, yeah. but I don't think I don't think it can when when people are like vocally, angrily attacking. Yeah. Well, and it and there's a line there because because you got to point it out for it to change. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say absolutely. you do you do have to have like baseline standards and say, hey, look, you know what I'm saying? You are you are welcome to have your faith. But uh, there are certain things that as a society, uh, we're not going to accept. Like right. marrying you know children. I mean? Like marrying children. Or polygamy. Or, or some or forms of... Bigamy. Uh, I know there's been some oh, cases... Yeah. Uh, there's been some cases in New York uh, with animal sacrificing and, you know, abusing animals, like how they're kept before they're sacrificed. Mm. So, uh, you know... And those Is are, those Santeria are, making a comeback? Yeah, well, no. I mean, there, there have been some cases where, like... And I don't know if it's Santeria. That's why I didn't say it, but... If it, well, you know, snake, let's, snake let's handling churches, uh, snake where they're like wanting to put, right. yeah, put put kids in rooms with poisonous snakes and right. stuff. Right. So, and say, so God there does there does them. come a point where you have to say, hey, you know, this is that's that's not going to work anymore. Uh, if you want to do that, sorry about your luck. And and so, well, then you have the government tailoring the message of religion, right? Which you know the religious right and you know people affiliated with them would say that that's the problem, but they would like to impose their religious-based checks on everyone else. They just right. don't want everyone else's checks being placed on their religion. Right. Yeah. And I see that as a huge problem. I mean, I am I'm one standard. of those people that, that you but try see, to put prayer but, but in my church. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. But that's what I'm saying. It's But it's becoming my a double school. standard the other way. Absolutely. That, I, that, I know that's, that, I know that's what I'm getting like at. It's like, is like, so the, the way that we're trying to combat the fact that Christianity has imposed itself upon us is to impose this this atheistic thing back on to Christianity, and I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. See, you know for me I mean? personally, I wouldn't think of it so much like that. Although that's the way that everyone that pushes that agenda thinks like it, I would think of it as pushing a neutral agenda on everything. But does the, neutral mean like you can't have prayer groups in in a school? You know, I mean, does does that? I don't. Mean, I like, don't want to pay tax money for prayer groups. Let me in ask a you school. this: I'll put why, it that way. Why? Because uh, there are people, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just pulling this out of nowhere, but there are people who have a problem with student organizations holding uh, formal prayers before school, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so why is that a violation? Well, f all right, so in a place like, uh, you know, a big city like Chicago, probably not a problem. You've got a group of students going, breaking off to pray, fine, there's a ton of other ones that don't want nothing to do with it. Well, let's go to the smallest holler in Kentucky where the school, you know, high school has, you know, less than a hundred kids or something. Sure. And you got two atheists. And you got and the whole and you got two atheists or one Jewish kid or, you know, whatever. And the whole class is in prayer group. You don't want to partake because that's not your religion. Well, you get ostracized by that so, group because so, that's what groups do. Dude, I got, I got like ostracized for not having the right sneakers when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean that yeah. Plus, I, I think we have true. I think we have a freedom of religion, right? We can practice whatever religion we want, but we don't have a freedom from religion. And I think that's that applies on in all kinds of areas, all kinds of different issues where where we're mistaking freedom for freedom from. Um, and and I think we gotta we gotta live with religion, but you don't get to go, well, 
your religion doesn't belong in my public square because separation is church and state and this is public land. Like, like, no, I think you got to let people do their prayer groups. Um, you know, I, I don't think we should shut down Muslim prayer groups while we lift up Christian prayer groups. But, but I think, you know, freedom from is encroaching on a million people's freedoms yeah, because you don't like it, you know, because well, you're offended. I'd or, be better with it if there was just displays everywhere, you know, of Muslim stuff, Christian stuff, Jewish oh, stuff. Oh, and snake handling stuff well, and Catholic stuff. And well, instead, it's all mainly one, you know, group of religions, mainly the Christian religion. That You know, you don't see them pushing Muslim agendas you well, know, you might at some point. And, I mean, you know, you know, dying to pass legislation to teach Quran in public schools. You, you, you don't might see it. in a in a you know in a city that that is majority becoming majority Muslim and and I would know, think that was just as wrong as going to the hollers of Kentucky and them trying to teach Christianity in schools. So so where does that line stop for you? I mean, can can I as a student of a school bring my Bible and read it in the lunchroom? Absolutely. Can I talk to my friends about the Bible? Sure. Can we decide to meet at lunch at the same table every day and talk about the Bible? Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't sound that bad. Can we sit at the lunch table together in a small group and read prayers from the Bible? I mean... You see what I I'm think, saying? Yeah, I, I like, do. It's, it's tough. I'm not, I'm not going to say there's an easy solution to it. I guess my problem is, is that I don't... Re- I, I don't trust the religious organizations to act right because mm-hmm. they've proven in the past time and time again <laughs> that they will not act right. I mean, fair enough. No, I, I, I absolutely understand that. And I have, I have, you know, it's, it's like I said, I had this one large conversation with a friend one time. I'm completely with you on religious organizations. I think it, 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 filters over into the people and the people I trust as much as I do any other large group of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> not so, at all. Not very much. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, I mean like I I'm, you know, maybe I'm a dork, but like, no, I, I kind of, I trust people uh, in the main to do the right thing. And, and I think like to me, I, I understand for instance, with gay marriage, right? I understand that we had to drag, you know, the religious right kicking and screaming. But when I see after we get gay marriage on the books and like when I see how the polls change and like people are like, yeah, you know what? It, it wasn't that big of a deal. I get it, man. Like I, I understand like when you when you grow up and, you, and somebody's throwing that that crap at you all the time. If you're not like me, if you're not somebody who like at some point woke up and was like, no, oh, man, this is kind of silly. You know what I mean? If you it's, it's a core part of your life. And until you're you're kind of forced in that confrontation with it you can't see but you, it doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't mean that you you necessarily hate anybody or, or that you think somebody's lesser it's just a part of what you're you know it's a part of who you are well, right the, you know? the, the vast majority of them yes but then you've got people like Westboro they do hate people you, well, you do I think the question then becomes is is how do we change that right and 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 changing Westboro Baptist Church by by making laws that ban them, you know, ban anyone affiliated from a, a a graveyard or something. I think that fuels the Westboro Baptist Church more. When we look at like like Diacon with the uh, you know you uh, facing the enemy. Yeah, yeah. What was it? White right facing the yeah, enemy. Yeah. You know these people's minds were changed through through human interactions, through through personalization, through 
uh, through love, through kindness, through patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the way that the hardest battles in humanity are won. I, I think we see that uh, everywhere. And I, I, I think that, that using government power to try to fight those sort of social battles get us in really bad positions and actually gridlock us towards change. Now, you know, you brought up gay ma- marriage. Perfect. You know, there are battles to to fight for. You know, yeah. there are hills to die there on There are places here. where you do have to, like I said, draw that line and say society is saying this is what it's going to be. Right, right. You know what I mean? But but I think overall um, there are places we have to step back and, and be more human, yeah. even with the people we disagree with on, you know, some of the most and, horrific things. And to clarify, like... You know, the like I said, the poll numbers after the fact on gay marriage tells me that that you can reach those people with any of these things. Now, now, granted, some things may be harder than most. And yes, that religious apparatus, what you're talking about, the religious organizations, um, they are most certainly in the way. Uh, they most certainly know how they hold power and how they maintain power and stuff. And they're going to fight you. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, don't I see it? I see it spilling over. Um, from, you know, I think our ire should be towards those organizations and I see it spill over into the individual Christians themselves. And, and I also understand the argument that, you know, well, they're supporting this machine mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and that's true. That's on them. And I'm not saying it's not, but I don't, I don't think that turns them into a monster. You know what I'm saying? Like it can, it can, it, we've seen time and time again across history that can happen to anybody at any time, anywhere. You know what I mean? You can, you can get swept up in in supporting something that if you took a second if you took a pause if somebody took you by the hand and said hey are you really thinking about what you're doing you know what i mean they'd be like whoa 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 you know what i mean so i don't think anyone that that none of that happened uh in the catholic church so i mean if you're still paying tithes to the catholic church well they were very much supporting taking some people by the hand oh come on guys come on yeah but uh, no, that's uh, like I said, that has been a, a, a common thing that we have talked about. And I'm glad that we finally got to put that on air for once. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you know, I'm pretty passionate about it. And again, it's it's a real, real tough nut to crack. And I don't think the topic is going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And another topic that y'all have touched on a bit from time to time that's real near and dear to my heart but uh, I think could be fleshed out a little bit more is uh, criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. So my main issue with current criminal justice reform is the idea that once you have paid what they deem as your debt to society, that if, you know, in a lot of instances can follow you around for the rest of your life. Oh, sure. Being a felon yeah. is a life sentence. Make no yeah. mistake. I don't care how many, how many years you spent in jail in most states right now, being a felon is a life sentence. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like you go and get a loan for a car and you pay off your car loan and they're like, sweet, you you've own paid the off the car loan, you own it, but you still have to pay us a car payment every month. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like. You know, no, of course not. Well, not so, to mention that 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 scarlet letter follows you. I mean, try getting a job as a felon. There's companies, tons of companies that uh, flat out won't hire felons. Jobs, uh, you can't adopt children. So wow. say you got a felony, you know, 20 years ago and you and your wife 
can't give birth, you can't adopt children. Say you were addicted to heroin and, and floating checks or something. You know, that could be a yeah. that could be a felony that's a uh, student aid, uh, in a lot of circumstances you cannot student get student aid? aid, so you can't get an education to better yourself. I had no idea. To yeah. me, that's like one of the most backwards yeah, in in the world, like I, it's almost like one of those things we should give more student aid to felons. Well, like, I mean, it seems turn to, your life around, educate yeah, yourself. Yeah, it seems to me though that you know rather than reforming prisoners, they want them to be repeat offenders mm. because also in the prison system is prison labor, mm-hmm. which you know a lot of places they'll say you know it's not compulsory, you don't have to work, but. You know, it's not going. It's to. either that or or sitting up. Yeah, you know, six by do. six. You know, twenty two yeah, hours out. There of the are day. the state of California, which was surprising to me because we're talking about California, is paying uh, inmates a dollar an hour to fight those wildfires out in California. Uh, didn't right one now. of them wow. die in the I'm earlier sure. fire Probably. this year? I, I yeah. believe one of them died. A dollar an hour, man. I mean, that's not okay to me. Uh, no hazard pay either. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? 50 cent? Like a 50 yeah, cent mark? Yeah, that going into <laughs> your 401 honey bun like, on uh, your commissary? <laughs> like, I mean... No, it's not okay with me. I, I It's okay oh, with me. Oh, on top of that, too, um, out of that money, they have to pay their restitutions. Right. So if they owe restitution or child support, so that comes even, out, you know, I'm sure they get in the honey bun. Well, they, they might get half a honey done. bun if they work <laughs> yeah. hard enough, yeah. you know, but they're going to take the other half of it. So already crazy low wages or well, even think, lower. I think the problem there is it starts out with a faulty premise, right? Like the idea is that we're going to make, uh, you know, if you, if you commit a felony, we're going to make life so tough that it creates a stigma around it and hopefully decreases the amount of people who are willing to commit a felony. Sure. I mean, that's the idea behind any punishment, you know? Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is that oftentimes I don't know of anybody who is thinking about the fact that they may never get student aid or adopt a adopt a kid or whatever or vote when they're thinking about going to get a fix right or when they're thinking about you know how mad they are at you know such and such a person and they might want to pull a gun on them you know what i mean so like it 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 precludes all but like a very few instances because most of those crimes there's some mitigating factor where you're not completely in your right mind right like i mean we wouldn't we we would hope that you're not just out harming people unless you're under like, you know, extra special circumstances, right? right? You know, so I, I think a lot of that gets lost. And then, so what's the point of doing it? You know what I mean? Well, and part of the you know whole thing about being humans is that humans make mistakes. Right. You know sure who, who hasn't made a mistake? Who hasn't done something that they desperately wish they could go back and undo? And and as if as if putting someone in a cell in a cage is not enough preventative punitive action yeah like is ludicrous to me and the idea that that once you're put in that cell you're deprived of your freedom we're gonna we're gonna enslave you too and make no mistake about it man i mean it's it's more or less enslavement i mean you're going to work for a dollar an hour was Ah. it the 13th amendment that legalized uh Uh, prison labor was that it might be the it's an actual amendment to the constitution Uh, that says that slavery is illegal Unless Except you're in, convicted of yeah, a crime. Yeah, yeah. Except in the case it, of I believe it's the 13th. Yeah, 13th and, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and in fact, Kanye uh, talked to Trump about that. That was, you know, that yeah. was one of the things on Kanye's uh, list of things that people called him crazy for. And granted, he did not explain. Well, he, I mean, he came out and he was like, "We should repeal the 13th <laughs> yeah, Amendment." Right. And there's yeah. a lot of good things in the Thirteenth Amendment. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a, it was a little ludicrous, but there is that kind of uh, under the surface. There is like, Can't hurt are we try, allowing right? slavery if just because we've thrown you in prison? I think yeah. it's funny, like. In Mexico, um, I've heard, and I, I don't know, you know, fact check me, Beans, uh, that it is not a crime to escape from prison. It's not like you won't get added extra time to your sentence yeah. because the human spirit wants to be free. And they, mm. you know, it's it's like one of those human rights. It's like the right to escape. If you escape I'm, and you get away, we'll put you back in jail I'm, for the rest I'm of your I'm pretty sure that is the case in a lot of Scandinavian countries. It makes a lot of sense to I'm me, sure. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the question is, though, is like, what about what about the flip side, right? Because we can sit here and we can talk about, you know, hard on their luck cases, people who made a mistake that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have normally done. Yeah, but sure, we there's can also, humanize people. There's also, yeah, yeah. There's, there's Charles Mansons. There's also terrible people that aren't Charles Manson. Absolutely. There are ugly people who do not have to be Charles Manson-level villains. That we've never you know heard what I mean? of that, that <laughs> like, murdered their family. Yeah, that's, and, that's one of the things, that's, that's one of the things so I hate when we do. There, there is... There is that we need to humanize people, but also let's not turn them into. Let's not say that evil only comes from cartoon villains. Sure, I, and you know I agree I mean? with you. But, yeah. but let's let's talk about that for a second because because take the guy that murders his family, right? We're going to sequester him from civilization in a cell for you know maybe fifty years, forty years. Right. What when we let him out at seventy years old, seventy five years old? What is the advantage of continuing to punish him? Like we've decided that that long was long enough. For him to sit and think about it, not come out and murder people again. Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe why a little probation his- to make sure the freedom takes, sure. and they're not just going to go out of control. Absolutely, you sure. Know? But but right. why why strip him of his voting rights? Why prevent him from uh, adopting kids? And maybe maybe a mur- mass murderer. Depending you know? on the crime, I could see that. But for all felonies, period. I mean, you know, bail jumping's a felony. You know, does someone right. that failed yeah. to come back to court when they were out on bail, are they like well, dangerous around kids necessarily? I, I was, well, I was getting you ready know? to say, I think we talked in an episode before, and I think that you didn't have a problem with what we do with sex offenders after they get out of, after what, putting them get, on a registry, uh, like, putting them on the registry, uh, dictating where they can and can't live and, and all that stuff. So what is the purpose there? <laughs> well, I think, I think that's to protect society at large. I mean, I, I think when I'm talking about like a sex offender registry, I'm not talking about the guy peeing in public, you know what I'm saying? Which unfortunately the way some laws are written, those people get added. But I think when you're talking about someone who has a sexual attraction to a child, that's not something that just goes away. Well, they're not, you know what I'm saying? Not everybody on the sex offender registry is a, is a child molester. Well, that's true, but you know what I mean? And they're a rapist. I'm not sure that goes away. You know, I can't imagine there are instances um, of minors being on the sex offender list because of having, you know, sending pictures back and forth with another minor. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. And And obviously there's, there's far flung circumstances all over the place. uh, Right. But, but my larger point is that I, I think those things, actually protect society. If you move into a neighborhood and you check the registry, you got two little kids and there's a there's a pedophile that lives up the street, maybe you don't move there. Or um, you at least want to know where he lives. Or, yeah, I guess. So so does the guy who 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 murdered someone uh over a dice game 25 years ago, uh does he pose that danger to to 
what dice players? You know, I don't Potentially, know. Potentially, I mean, he if crossed you lock the him line into before. a cage for twenty five years, before, he might. But we all cross lines all the time. You know what I'm saying? No, not like, that one. Not that. One. Not That's taking true. a life. I mean, that. So I, what I'm saying is, is like it's so this mistake that this person has made uh, means that we can punish them for the rest of their life. But this mistake that this person has yeah, made, yeah, I think there's nuance. There. Means that we can't. Well, okay, so nuance is not saying that we can't ever have a, you know, we shouldn't have a crime that we punish somebody after they get out of prison. Well, there's nuance. Like, were they a murderer? Were they da-da-da-da-da? So what Benzo was saying is actually, you know, I think on point. I think doing it across the board for felonies is, is a terrible idea, but that's not to say that we can't put some extra stank on certain punishments to say, hey, right. this is completely unacceptable. And if you do, you know, just so we can like, you know, put the word out, man, like this is a mistake that you cannot make. If you make this, your shit is messed up. Right. You for the rest the of your life. Yeah, yeah. And you screwed up. And another big problem of mine is it's supposed to be about rehabilitating prisoners. Oh, there's no supposed to rehabilitate well, people so they can be safely reintroduced maybe, to maybe society. Maybe since Orange become, is the New Black, there's uh, some wardens well, out there that are like, oh, yeah, let's actually do the right thing and rehabilitate well, no, prisoners. That's the thing. No, that, yeah, almost none. That is the argument. But, but the thing about rehabilitation, I mean, at least for the last 120 years, that's an argument that's like it's equal footing amongst, you know, prison people going back to like the 1890s when they first started transitioning prisons over from like crazy, the old, uh, you'd see it in Bugs Bunny cartoons. The torture the, rack. The, well, no, not the torture rack, but like the, the striped outfit where they're just breaking rocks all day. Did <laughs> right. you know that back then, like it was common practice in prisons, especially in the late 19th century, that there was no talking. Really? They, that as a prisoner, there was never a time during the day that you were allowed to talk unless you were answering like the warden or a guard. That's absurd. Like they were completely silent. A uh, actually, if I remember correctly, Alcatraz was like that when it first opened. Not to mention and, like a literal ball and chain attached to your leg. Yeah, Making big and, rocks into small rocks. And, and it was actually seen as a major like progressive uh, movement towards like, you know, for the side of like rehabilitation when they started allowing the prisoners to, to talk, talk about to each other. Holy yeah. Crap, yeah. Man. I mean, hey, it, but you better act right or we'll take that privilege right so, back. So that's the thing. I mean, like, I, I think um, it, it's weird because you have one side saying we should be rehabilitating people. And then you have the other side that says, uh, you know, rehabilitation is great if it happens, but you know, if you just spent 15 years of your life in a cell, like you said, you're either going to rehabilitate or you're not like, how could you possibly go through that punishment and come out? Well, and you I could think we come could, out way, way worse. And then there are education programs. Don't get me wrong. You can learn to read in, in jail, you know, in prison. Um, there, there are sometimes job programs you know, where you might learn how to how to rebuild small engines or uh, I know some prisons are doing like horticulture now, which is cool. But I, I think we need that in a in a really big way. I think when you take someone away from society for 15 years and you plop them back in, it's like they came out of a time machine. In fact, I saw a post on, on Facebook today. Perfect example. Some guy had had gotten out of prison and snapped a, a picture of one of those Coke freestyle machines. Yeah. And he's like. I should have taken a video of me trying to figure out how, how to do this. It's like back to the future in this piece. Yeah, yeah. Cause what is this? You know, I've been in prison for 15 years. Now I yeah. can put all these things in my drink. So I, I think that, that given that we need to do a good job of giving people a chance 
a fighting chance when they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have have you want have them to be productive members of society and pay taxes? That's what you. No, know. I want them to be happy. You well, know, yeah, but the be, system wants them to pay. I don't taxes. care about the system. I want them to be content when they come out because I want a society that flourishes. I want a society I'm safe when I walk out of my house. You know, and and you put a bunch of criminals in prison together and they feed off each other and they learn the tactics and they talk about their crimes and they get to be better criminals. They have no opportunities to come back into society whole and better. We need to, well, you we know need that, to give them those opportunities. You know, that wouldn't happen if they couldn't talk. Touche. <laughs> Touche, <laughs> my friend. No, I'm, I'm just saying like, so I think, so to say, you know, we're missing the point on, on rehabilitation or, you know, we're, we're doing it this way. It's, it's, it's a struggle that goes back and forth and has been for a long time. And I think that we should, uh, you know, as you say, I think we should definitely start cutting um, towards or, or moving towards more of a, a rehabilitation program. And I think definitely when, when people come out, we should absolutely help uh, former prisoners transition back into society. I here's, mean, I here's my devil's can't be advocate. Understated. Here's my devil's advocate position, and I, I think everyone in this room is a little bit biased towards towards reform because we know and love people who have messed up and yeah. you know and have become better people. But I think there is a legitimate argument to be made that that's that's like, how much money should we spend rehabilitating people who have who have screwed up? You know, yeah. like why is it that you get to murder someone, go to prison, and then what, get free education, free yeah. job training? Like, there's all kinds of people on the outside who's, who's got to pay well, for it. they ma- got to work free jobs to do it. Maybe you could take the $6 an hour less than the minimum wage they earn and have the big multi-billion dollar conglomerates that are making, you know, buku profit off of these guys' work and invest that into some rehabilitation. See, I'd like to see something like that where it'd be a private public partnership that they're always talking about. Right, where like know? maybe there's labor opportunities and and the money gets funneled back into prison programs. Well, you, you know, can I, you can could, you can wrap job training with slave labor. You know, I mean <laughs> I mean seriously. I mean they're working prisoners like slaves, call it what it is, you know, and yeah. you get a slave to do a task enough times he's going to learn it like a job. Yeah, that's you know, true. so why not give them actual skills with real world applications instead of just, you know, having them sit there and stamp license plates where the only place you can go and stamp license plates is prison. Well, who Maybe else teach is going to stamp them, skill? You know? I don't know. Who else is going <laughs> to stamp them? <laughs> we got, well, we got the, robots, the robots stamped. will stamp them. And I know, I know my license plate was more expensive than I wanted it to be already. So you know I'm saying <laughs> I'm not trying to come out of pocket for an $80 license plate. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I, people are trying real hard uh, for prison reform, and, and we're making some progress. Florida just voted for uh, yeah, restoring to restore voting, voting rights. rights to felons. That's great, and actually hits really close to home, right, Beans? Uh, yeah. Um, Not actually, close enough, well, since <laughs> Kentucky's <laughs> still far behind Yeah, the exactly. So uh, if y'all have listened to the past episodes, uh, there's one that I'm on where we talk about the opioid crisis. Long story short, had a drug problem that I've been you know clean and out of trouble for 13 years now almost most impressive way to go means yeah thank you thank you but uh basically uh there was a house bill in the kentucky legislature that was passed it was house bill 40 that allowed for certain non-violent non-sexual class d felonies to be expunged from your record now kentucky is one of if not the absolute most difficult state to get 
any kind of rights back or get any kind of expungement on your record. So I saw this and I was like, this is excellent, you know, cause I've been out of trouble paying my taxes, working all that good stuff. And so I look into the bill and turns out I can get all my drug felonies expunged. That's great. But there's a bail jumping bail jumping first is a felony. <laughs> now I would argue that if I hadn't been on drugs, I wouldn't have had the court date to begin with. And if I hadn't have been on drugs, I wouldn't have been stupid enough to not show up to court. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I screwed up and I'll be the first one to admit that, but you know, all this time later, I can't even apply to get my voting so, rights wait a minute, back. So you're saying you're good on the drug crimes, but the bail jumping is what disqualifies you? Yes. Yeah, that was the sticky Man, wicket. Like, yeah. bail jumping's like, I, I, I get it or whatever, it's, but it's that's a more incidental. It's you know a more I mean? serious version of failure to appear. Yeah, but I mean, that's, what, it is. what I'm saying is, like, that comes down the line. Like, clearly... Clearly, you weren't making the best choices. That's why, like you're saying, that's why you were there in the first place. Like that, that, that flows forth from the tree. And if you're okay with the tree, if the drug crime ain't a big deal, then the bail jumping. Then why is the bail jumping a big deal? Well, and and so there's a senator in Kentucky, a state senator. His name is uh, Jimmy Higdon. He's a pretty high-ranking Republican in the state legislature. Uh, I actually heard him on a uh, KET, which is our PBS branch here, on a KET show, and uh, he's going to introduce legislation, hopefully, uh, this next session that would make all nonviolent, non-sexual Class D felonies able to be expunged. Mm -hmm. Now, there's caveats to it, a waiting period, which they're probably going to tinker with and maybe make a little bit longer as a stick to the carrot of letting these felons get their rights back. They're going to have to wait longer, and that might even disqualify me for several more years, but it's a step in the right direction. Uh, Also, there's a fee, a processing fee, which I believe stands at $500 that they would like to raise to 1000 which also can be kind of prohibitive. Talk about but, hurdles, man. I uh, mean, you uh, can't get a you can't get a good job as a felon, but here have a thousand dollars. We'll take the felon. We'll take the yeah. F off your forehead. And yeah. and you know, certain people would say, well, hey, if he really wants it that bad, he'll scrimp and save until uh, and he's got a thousand bucks. And, and that's, that's true. true. The question in, the question and to it, you is, would you pay a thousand dollars to to expunge your felony right now? Like, <laughs> if I could if I could come up with a thousand bucks, and which, I think it's worth mentioning that 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 will create. So there has to be a mechanism that is going to expunge these records and, and do whatever needs sure. to be done, file that paperwork. Anytime that you're going to set something up new, especially in today's age, you want to say it kind of needs to pay we for itself. We want to pay for it. it yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so after I heard this on uh, our PBS station, uh, I decided to email Senator Higdon and uh, just send him a brief email, you know, saying who I was. He represents, um, I believe it is the, they're either 13th or 14th district of Kentucky. Okay. Beans, I'll make sure you check that. Yeah. The, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Force I have it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not his constituent and I let him know that I was like, Hey, I'm not your constituent. And also I can't vote anyway. Right. And, uh, but I, you know, I was like, Hey, I applaud you for, you know, trying to expand the house bill 40, the expungement bill. And here's my personal story. And I was like, you know, Maybe let the judges have some discretion in the matter. Because, I like discretion. Well, yeah, and if you think about Kentucky, which is mostly small communities, 
You know, in a small community, the judge probably knows whether old Jimmy's still smoking meth all the time, mm, yeah. you know, or can find out fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which, granted, I don't want judges really taking people's personal you know, accounts well, to, like, to a certain degree, but it's kind of their job though. But yeah. You generally know. And you yeah. know, granted that wouldn't be as big of a benefit to someone in Chicago, but either way, let the judges have some discretion. If you can come back years later and be like, look, I've had three jobs in the past 10 years. I've quit all of them on good notice for better jobs. I've, you know, paid, sure. paid all my fines, all my restitutions. Yeah. I haven't been in any trouble paying my taxes, you know, and you know, can I get some rights back? And uh, surprisingly enough, uh, he hit me back up almost immediately. I think it was within an hour. Wow. And uh, I'd even said something in there like, I hope you actually read this. Most politicians just have pre-canned, you know, yeah. form letters that you get sent back and, you know, 0.6 seconds from click and send <laughs> yeah. on your email. Yeah. So within an hour, he hits me back. It's a couple sentences, short and sweet. He's like, uh, hey, uh, hey, Miles, I just read, read your uh, email. Uh, I actually just got off the phone with a judge and that's exactly what they said. Give us some discretion. So, nice. you know, I was pleasantly surprised. And Buddy, that's how government's supposed to work. That's yeah. how people get votes is by staying, you know, in touch with your constituent. And let me also say that Senator Higdon's a Republican. Uh, I personally am pretty far left. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm dabbling a little democratic socialism, maybe, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I applaud Senator Higdon for what he's trying to do. And, you know, that's the thing. We all need to work together because there's things that people on the right and people on the left both want. And I'm not talking about the political people. I'm talking about the populace. And the point of the representative government is to be like, okay, people want this. Let's make it happen. Right. I know yeah, you well, don't want this. This is too far. I know you over here don't want this. This is too far. So let's meet in the middle and make it happen. I think this is a perfect illustration of of things working right. I think we look at things like prison reform and and we like to partisanize them. Yeah. And and we like to think that that Democrats are the ones for prison reform and Republicans want people to stay in rotten no, prison. No, no. Until they're the old. Republicans are the law and order party and the yeah. Democrats yeah, right. want felons exactly. murdering so, people in the streets. Yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's a, a ray of hope in a way that even in Kentucky of all places who's you know, we are in the deep dark depths in some ways, you know, stuck back in the dark ages. But you've got Higdon, a Republican who is working hard um for to, to restore felons voting rights which like you, know? you said like, has traditionally been seen as a leftist point of view well, exactly. i think i think you're gonna see more of that uh going forward as people can't find purchase in the two parties like until until we eventually establish you know that third option or the other options that we often have talked about on the show i think you know higdon and, and i don't i don't know him personally i'm you know i'm just throwing this out there but let's say for instance um that he 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 really does kind of you know lean left, especially if we're talking about prison reform. But uh, you know when it comes to his fiscal ideas, and when it comes to some ideas over here, he just can't jive with the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. There are there are way more. There is a, a rapidly growing population of people who are finding themselves. In a, in a weird party, so to speak, because there's something over there that they can't gel with, and they're not sure they gel over here either, but it might be closer, right. you know what I mean? So people are in weird places, and I think we will see. I don't think it will serve us to continue to believe that that all Republicans, everybody who has an R next to their name, is necessarily law and order. 
you know, like you said, and, and then vice versa for the Democrats and stuff. I don't know if it was ever a good idea to think of large groups of people like that, but I think <laughs> no, even I less think so, so now with what's happening in our country politically, I think it's becoming more and more irrelevant, you know, the, the, the R, the D to what, what, especially if we're talking about like state politicians to what they actually believe. Right. I, I actually just this, this past election, uh, a lady came by and was, you know, campaigning for this candidate. She was the, uh, um, the, what do you call it? The campaign manager actually is what she told me. And, uh, it was, it was a small, you know, it was a, a state district. So it was like a, a house representative in the state. And, uh, she was telling me some of her positions and I was like, you said she's running as a, as, as a Democrat. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, for real? I was like, so wait a minute, wait a minute. We're in a red state. Is she like, you? she's just doing this to like get elected. And I started like grilling her and stuff. And you know, I'm not, I, the best I can tell you is, this woman had like all the right answers. Now, granted, again, <laughs> she was a campaign manager, but she left me with the sense that this candidate in particular was not a, a carbon copy Democrat and most certainly not a, a blue dog. Most certainly right. not, you know, a Republican playing at being a Democrat. Right. You know what I mean? I'd so, love to see that. I mean, I, it might restore some of my faith um, in the two parties if we do see kind of uh, a, a coalescing, you know, or, or a or a reduction of this, of this partisanship, these monoliths that are unchanging and unmoving. I'd love to see some Republican candidates, uh, you know, talk about prison reform. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see some Republican candidates brave enough to talk about gay marriage and say they support it. I would love to see Democrats champion fiscal conservatism. I'd love to see some Democrats look at the EPA and be willing to decry their failures in Flint <laughs> without being afraid of the collective completely eliminating the EPA. No, you know, there's no, all no. kinds of things I'd like to see happen uh, towards a middle no, ground. No, no, no. Hold, hold up. We're not doing this. You two are rolling into that torturous, awkward, middle-of-the-road rhetoric you do every show. Well, it's, I mean, it's what this we believe. This isn't the Sense and Theory podcast. It's the Bean Pod. Oh, yeah, Bean and Pod. And we're going to debut a new segment right here and now to help you fellas develop some firm positions. I, we oh, do I have got a firm position Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Flash Debates. The hell is Flash, flash debates? debates? Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Okay. I'm going to give a resolution and assign you both positions. You two will argue for your side, and I will award points based on your arguments. You boys ready? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm completely yeah. unprepared. Yes. All right. He Let's gets to assign this. us positions? I Is guess. that normally how it goes? Resolved. Should the state prevent terminally ill patients from seeking physician-assisted suicide? Since, against, theory, for, go. Uh, well, this is actually an easy one for me. Uh, I didn't choose to come here, but I get to choose when to leave. Yeah, but Plus you can't five. necessarily choose. If you're in a great amount of pain, that's like a mitigating yeah. circumstance. It's not right? a mitigating uh, that's circumstance. Gonna, that's the too. circumstance that makes you want to leave. I mean, that's huh. bias if I ever heard of it. You know what I'm saying? If The you're, physician you know, should be able to know exactly how much pain they're in and whether it's a good Plus choice. Yeah, but I mean, but, but I, I'm saying like someone deciding resolve. whether or not to end their life. Resolve. We, we, we in May still of this debating. year, a federal judge ruled that President What's, Trump preventing people from following him on social media violated individual's constitutional rights does the president blocking americans on twitter constitute a violation of their first amendment rights 
theory against since the stupid position. <laughs> well, obviously, the stupid position yeah. is that there's a violation of yeah, constitutional rights. No, it's totally rights. not a violation. No, this is, this is, yeah, no, it's not a violation of the First Amendment. The president can block people if he needs to. You can still go to whitehouse.gov. What if he blocks me and I don't get to listen to his inane, inane tweet ramblings? Not like somehow yeah. my rights no, I think are this infringed? Is, this, is, this was poor debate moderation this because this is obviously resolved. Oh, the office, greatest show ever written. Or the worst thing to come out of Britain since the Stamp Act. Since Michael Scott is your homeboy. Theory. Pip, pip, cherry. No. Go. <laughs> pip, pip. Well, no, actually, The Office, it isn't very good, man. Like, Dude, I, I The Office is great. No, The Plus Office 12. is Michael not Scott very good, Michael Scott is my homeboy. Dude, Dwight's Minus cool for a five. little bit. Bro, when he but puts like, on the backwards hat. Plus, Jim yeah, and Pam's, yeah, Jim and Pam's romance. Oh, we, oh, do it for you? Well, good Lord. Do you yeah, read Hallmark 15. cards at night, too? I mean, like, what is that <laughs> no, all about? but I Jim and Pam? You're going to end up with Jim and Pam. Oh. Cracker Jacks, time-honored American snack, or barely edible packing peanuts. Since Cracker Lacking, theory, go nuts. Uh, Cracker Jacks is obviously the inferior choice when you've got poppycock and crunching on the shelf. I have diverticulitis, and you knew that, Beans. That's Plus ridiculous. 25. You're going to give me the pro-peanut Ooh. position? I can't eat that yeah. shit. I will say the God. toy in the bottom, that's pretty cool, man. I, well, I don't know anything I like about that toys because I can't mind. eat it. So you I can mean, buy it for the toys. Oh like yeah, no. What, what is it box, like? A little man? whistle? I'm gonna buy it for Resolve. a whistle. How much is? What? With Ryan Reynolds voicing an anthropomorphic mouse with superhuman abilities in the upcoming the neo noir film Detective Pikachu, we will finally see a voiceover performance nominated for an Oscar. Theory: Pika sense two. What is, what is what is Pika? I They're don't making a Pikachu. Does movie? Pika mean I'm for or against? Is this live minus, action? Is it no, animated? No, I think it's like a combination thing. You know, Ryan Reynolds, a neo noir film. To tell you the truth, Detective Ryan Reynolds is a treasure of our time. I mean, I guess he, you know, he rocks that little fedora. Could, yeah, he's got like, the little fedora thing, like electricity a coat, like Dick doing Trace. his detective oh, thing. Oh, well, we barely got into Uchiha that one. Sasuke is the true hero of the Naruto story, starting as a boy. Born in blood and fueled only by a vengeance too deep to comprehend, we see him grow into a man who is driven by a need to inject real change into the ninja world, while his rival, Naruto, only wanted more of the same. Since Kagebunshin no Jutsu, Theory, Ultimate Mangekyo Renengan. What in the hell are you talking about? Is this what I've been missing I don't out even on know, not watching like, anime the whole 50. time? That actually no, sounds kind of cool. I don't man. even know what that, I mean, I guess a little bit. But I saw I, Ghost in the Shell. That was cool. But Naruto, yeah, yeah, I figured that was just like for kids. But I mean, he just he's like, like trying to reform the ninja community. Naruto, I thought that? Naruto was like kid stuff. And he on the cloud and stuff. And he got the stupid head man. spiky. I don't get it. I don't know. How does he expect us to debate I don't even know what a Sasuke is. I have no idea. Yeah, look. Okay. I man, I don't, I don't know what that was all about. But look, uh, we have got to be approaching the end of the show. So, I think isn't it time for us to to fact check you? I mean, isn't, Ooh, isn't that what should be happening? Why here? would I repeat a failed podcast that got beat out handily at the ballot box? Oh, so, so you're you're not going to give us a shot? You're you're afraid? Well, what do you do to close your show? Then? Well, scared. this is actually my personal favorite part of the show. Now, at the end of the show, is where my guests. Say something nice about old Beanzo. So I'm not. No, That's I'm not. not I'm not saying that you. You called me a pedophile. Wait, wait. Isn't your whole show supposed to be about coming together and you know? Breaching the divide, and, oh, you know, sure, the man, and all that. That's not in the contract. You don't have executive authority. Here. Hey, it's my show. Yeah, I no, won we, the election. No, we were saying like you know, reach out to people, try to save them. You know, stuff. Not people if they like, call hey, you a dog like hey, Nazis hey, and hey. stuff. But you're an asshole. 
Okay, folks, uh, looks like we've reached the end of the show tonight. Uh, I'd like to thank all you all for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests. Uh, we'll try and find some better ones next time. Uh, Taylor totally Swift, awesome. I'm sorry we didn't uh, find time She's for here? you tonight. And uh, Sarah from She's, the zoo, he, he uh, we'll get, get you on next time as well. And uh, special uh, good night, folks. Guest. Oh, my God.